Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Today, I'm so happy to have one of my hometown heroes as our in-studio guest today, Mr. George Nelson. Mr. Nelson, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Gal. Thank you very much. So I'm excited to discuss your book, Homeboy, and uh, I recall last last June you were attending an event uh, with my family, and we we had the opportunity of, of sitting together, and uh, you were telling me about this book that you were working on, and yes. um, here and here it is. It's titled Homeboy, uh, which of course it can be found on in every electronic bookstore and on the shelves. And that is correct. If you, before before we jump in, tell tell our audience a little bit about yourself um, and what they can expect from reading Homeboy. Well, I was born and raised in Atlantic City. I'm 88 years old now. I attended all schools in Atlantic City. I graduated from Atlantic Community College in 1982 uh, with an associate degree what we call then criminalistics. I also, uh, during that time, took a course in creative writing because I had attempted earlier to do some writing, but it wasn't very successful. So I said, well, I'll go to school and really learn how to do it, and that's what I did. And uh, there was an incentive, too, because we were getting 2% increase in our salaries for every degree that we got during that time, and that's one of the reasons why I went and did it, and uh, here I am. Wow. And and how many years did you serve on the Atlantic City Police Department? Uh, 27 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, 27 years. And, 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 and during that time, first you were uh, a street patrolman, then you, you rose to the rank of detective, correct? Yes, yes, very long. I, I, I didn't walk the streets very long. I, that, that's amazing mm-hmm. to me, too. But, uh, one day I went into uh, to see the chief of police, who at that time was Jerry Sullivan. And uh, I just told him I wanted to be a detective. I don't know why I did it, though. <laughs> but somehow, a couple of weeks after that, there, there I was, a detective in the Lime City Police Department. And from there on, I moved up to becoming a head of the unit, major crime unit that we had uh, in the Atlantic City. And, uh, and and that's where the story goes. I ended up, I ended up being an administrative assistant to the chief of police, which was the first black chief in Atlantic City, Joseph Waldman. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, and that's how I ended my career. Wow, very nice. Now, early on in your life, as 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 as, as a young uh, as a young boy, young lad, um, you were very entrepreneurial, and uh, you had a, a love of the of the movies, uh, going to the, the movie theater on Saturday. And so, share with us uh, about the business that you created for yourself. Uh, to, to not only help 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 your family, but also to help your your entertainment pursuits. <laughs> yeah, well, back then I was I called it hustling. I was a, I I went and uh, I, what I called it 
well, it's junking, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to uh, I do the same thing that the, the the weekly trash men do, going to the trash cans, getting the, getting papers out of there, and getting uh, rags and, and and selling them to the junk shop. Well, that's what I did. I used to go in the neighborhood and and trash cans, get all the rags out that I could and the papers that I could and and bundle them up and take them to the junk shop. And that's how I made my weekend money for the Mm -hmm. movie. Very nice, very nice. And also, um, in your mother's church, um, you were also, uh, what was the sexton in the church where you would maintain and, and, and make sure the church was ready for service on Sunday, correct? Yeah, ironically, the church was about two doors from where your mother's store was at Lincoln and Ohio Avenue. Oh, wow. That was the church. Okay. Yeah. It was a storefront church, and it was Uh facing, the front of our church was facing Magellan Avenue. And you look all, you look straight down Magellan Avenue to the very end. Uh That was a couple of doors from where your mother's store was. And, uh, I was a young kid, and I used to go there and uh, start the fires for the uh, service in the wintertime and uh, mm-hmm. make sure that the church was warm for the, you know, the parishioners and the pastor and and, uh, and did the same thing in the wintertime, summertime, when it was hot, make sure the place was clean. And, and it was a nice little money-making <laughs> thing for me. It helped me to uh, pursue my 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 the things that I really wanted to do, the movies and, and the little hustle that I had when I was shooting pool. I used that money for that purpose. And 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 share with us the story um, about the time that I guess you guys thought that your brother had drowned. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was. Uh, we every summer, uh, the neighborhood boys usually go and swim behind the the uh, uh, we call it the uh, well they they come to me but back there is back is it, bay was it, it's like the back bay right right yeah we were not allowed to do that and actually what happened every summer a group of us used to get together and go out there and swim young boys mm-hmm. every summer somebody would get drowned someone would drown out there and the year before was a very good friend of mine his name was major summers he lived right around there on mckinley mm-hmm. avenue he drowned mm-hmm. well, this one the very next summer i have my brother donald and David were under me, and mm-hmm. uh, they were inseparable. You, 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 one, you saw one, the other one was right nearby somewhere. That summer day, someone came, and Donald came and said that my brother David had drowned, and mm. he couldn't, and he couldn't, you know, he, he jumped in the bay, he couldn't, they couldn't locate him. So what happened, my mother and my father, they all ran out my father's, was jumping in the bay trying to find him and asking Donald where he was, where did he go in, and Donald kept pointing and all that kind of business. 
And uh, what happened, actually, a few minutes later, everybody's head turned towards Missouri Avenue. Mm-hmm. And my brother David was coming down the street. What happened, Donald had missed him somehow and made up the story that he had drowned. And uh, that's in the book. That part is in the book, too. But we were so happy that he he, he was alive and well. And, and uh, Donald, uh, he was young then. They were, they were both young at mm-hmm. the time. Mhm 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 wow yeah you know i i know that area and i can tell you we never even thought about going back there to, to go swim oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> we should go back there and fish a lot too yeah, right. go back there and right. fish right. and all those kinds of things you know but the kids were not allowed to go back there but we should do it every mm-hmm. summer mhm mhm Mm-hmm. And so, how did you come up with the title of your book, Homeboy, and why did you choose to write this particular book? Well, I wanted to write about uh, uh, things that uh, I had an interest in back during those times. And I don't know how the name Homeboy came up, but it just, just hit me, Homeboy. And I, that's what I entitled, that's what I made the title of the book. Uh, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a thing that I really wanted to do. I really had, had planned on writing. I had attempted to write several things before that and, uh, it wasn't very successful. And that's why I went to school and all that kind of business. And then when I started writing the book, uh, it, Things just started popping, and, and that's just one of the books that I've written. I've written. I have another one that I that, that I'm hoping will will you know come to fruition. Mhm, mhm. And and uh, tell us a story about how you got involved in boxing. And I, oh, I, I think it involved. I think it involved. Uh, to make sure that you were protecting your honor. <laughs> oh yes, I was. That was my 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 childhood sweetheart. Was my 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 future wife. But then we were in uh, Indian Avenue School in the schoolyard uh, recess every after every day. We had recess, and all the kids from different grades were out there. I think for maybe a half hour or more, and. Uh, we were out there, I was talking to her, and, and we had a school bully by the name of Ernest Davis. He was a little short dude, but mm-hmm. everybody was afraid of him. And uh, in some reason, he had an idea. He liked my wife as well. <laughs> okay. uh, and we were there talking one day in, in the schoolyard. He came up to me and, and punched me in my stomach mm. uh, for no reason at all. And... Uh, yeah, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I had to defend myself, and especially in front of her. So what happened? We went right outside the school. There's a little lot there where we we started fighting, and uh, it didn't last very long. And after I uh, defended myself and and really did him in, I I was known as the man around the school from there on in and uh, had no problems 
I got suspended <laughs> for I got suspended for a day. That's all. But he got suspended for two weeks because he he initiated it and he started it. Yeah, but, you uh, you were suspended because you didn't report him hitting you. <laughs> right, I didn't report it. <laughs> right, right. It and me and then from there, then right, right, rather than fighting. Um, yes, right. And then that, and then I guess that led you to uh, someone suggested that hey, you're a pretty good boxer. You should go to a particular gym in Pleasantville. Yes, 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 yes. As uh, the gentleman that we had uh, on the west side, uh, there was a group from Philadelphia who came to uh, a bunch of guys who came over. To a lot over there at Grant and Magellan at Grant and uh, and Arkansas Avenue. We used to go over there and play ball all the time. And these fellows mm-hmm. came down. And, uh, uh, I don't know who they were, but they had boxes up, wanted to, you know, to show themselves off in front of us. I guess uh, we had a gentleman by the name of Mr. Reed. He was a man who just took care of all the kids in the neighborhood and made sure that, you know, we did the right thing. Well, he was a referee, and he put gloves on us, and he was the one who uh, got us into the ring, and we, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I defended, I defended our neighborhood by, they chose, he chose me to, to, to uh, fight this guy with gloves on. And it didn't last mm-hmm. one punch, and that was it. You're one punch, right? He was, right. yeah. He was the one who who who, who told me to uh, follow up my dream of being a fighter, and told me to go to Leoma Bird's training camp in in, in Pleasantville, which was at that time where all of the major boxing you know champs went to train for their fights. Wow. And that's how I got hooked up with uh, boxing. And uh, they took me on the toe after I got there. And there's a, a real good reason why uh, uh, they took me in tow. And they they took me in camp, and I was there for a while. And I became uh, one of their fighters, and uh, the rest is history. And, and tell us about your Olympic, Olympic trial experience. Oh, yes. Well, I was, in 1948, I had a chance to go to the Olympics. I was in the trials. All the uh, local competitions in Philadelphia and all the other areas where we were fighting, uh, we were very successful. Uh, she had a group, she was in, she had a group that was called, uh, I can't even think of the name of them right now. Something AC. But anyway, the group of fighters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we were very successful in what we were doing. So uh, that year I won the championship, the Diamond Belt or the Golden Gloves Championship. I forget which one it was. I was in position to get in the trials for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. 1948. I... Uh, I, I went there. I 
wasn't I was in love at the time. I was, I was staying in camp at the time. <laughs> well, I, and I didn't want to. Uh, I really, I didn't have, really know what the Olympics were at the time. I, I didn't really wasn't that interested mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. But I did it because of her because she was such a wonderful woman, and we wanted to do anything, mm-hmm. anything we could, to, you know, mm-hmm. for her. Right. And uh, I lost in the final at the trials, mm-hmm. and that nixed me from going to the Olympics. But I didn't really care because I really didn't want to go in the first place. Had I known what the Olympics were at that time and how important they were, I probably would have, uh, you know, done a little better, uh, done you know a little more than what I did do. Right, right, right. And so, on, on, you know, you, you, you have so much experience, so much wisdom. What, what are you hoping that, uh, young black men reading this book, what message do you want them to, to or messages do you want them to come away with? Well, let them know that there's nothing that you can't do, really, if you just put your mind to it. And, uh, and, and, just to go after their goal, whatever they plan on doing in life, just just go follow their dream, and they will be successful. Mm-hmm. They will be successful. And uh, I've met a lot of very very important people in my life, and uh, and that has a lot to do with. Mm-hmm. Goals that I set, they could do the same thing. Right. right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. George Nelson, uh, my hometown hero from Atlantic City, who has published his book, Homeboy, which chronicles his life, uh, throughout Atlantic City. And, um, uh, when you, when you read the, 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 the passage, it talks about how he has made a continuous improvements and growth and resurgence in his life and as uh, he's part of the fabric in Atlantic City to make that resurgence uh, going forward. And so Atlantic City has a new mayor and um, the Hard Rock uh, Casino Hotel has, I guess, has opened up or will open up soon. Um, what, what, oh, yeah. advice would you give, what, what advice would you give Mayor Gilliam uh, in regards to the crime that's currently occurring uh, in Atlantic City. Well, you know, he, he, he is a product of the streets as well, you know, because I grew up with him. We used to go shoot pool together and that sort of thing. Prior never even thinking he would, he would become mayor of the city of Atlantic City. But he's well aware of the problems that are existing here and I'm, he can handle them. He really can. He, he's a well-educated young man. He knows, he knows, uh, he knows what he wants to do, and uh, and if 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 the uh, if they will go along with, with with what he what his desires are, I'm sure it'd be a better Atlantic City because he is. Oh, no uh, doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So he and is so really. You, you mentioned that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm finished. Okay. Um, you mentioned that you, you would shoot pool with them, and you have quite a few uh, pool stories, and that's something that I did not know um, about you, that you were a pretty good uh, uh, pool shark. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
So now how did you get started in, in shooting pool in Atlantic City? Um, early on, I used to hook your school back doing the shoe pool. The pool pool hall used to be, uh, well, not the pool hall, but the YMCA, the Article YMCA was right across from where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is where I got my start, actually. And I shoot pool right now. I am in tournaments. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, right now I uh, every Thursday nights and every Tuesday nights I'm in a tournament and we have won the, quite a few awards. We've gone to Las Vegas to play. Oh wow! Once, okay. Once you compete here in the city and you win, your team wins. Well, they send you to Las Vegas, and we went there one year. My son uh-huh. and I, you know, Wayne Nelson, who was your coach in Lang City High School, he That's coached right. you while That's you. Right. Yeah, uh, he he coached me to a high jump record. Yes, he did. A high jump record, <laughs> he most certainly did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, I had that on my list of questions to to, to talk about Wayne because he was a, a very important factor. Uh, my 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 junior senior year at Atlantic City High School. Yeah, he's still a boxing coach. He uh, he has a. Uh, uh, he's involved with this boxing hall of fame now. That's uh, oh, okay. run by uh, Ray McCline, the founder of the boxing mm-hmm. hall of fame. And he, you know, he's a minister as well. He's my son, he's a boxing I trainer. I know that. Wow. Yeah, the minister. He has a church, and he he's a fitness coach as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he does the invocation and the benedictions and all the awards dinners that they have. Uh, he's, he's he's doing very well. You know, I I, I had I had the pleasure of seeing uh, your son, and I still call him Mr. Nelson. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I saw him a few years ago in, in in Home Depot with his son, and I tell you, he just looked as fit as ever. You know, <laughs> no, he right now he's been that way all of his life. He has worked out in the gym ever since I can remember. In fact, that's what he, that's what he, you know, he majored in college, uh, physical fitness. Right, right. Since we went to Central State and, and he had. Very nice, <laughs> very nice, very nice, very nice. And he came out of there and then started uh-huh. coaching in high school. That's right, that's right, that's right. And so getting back to, uh, Crime in your book, there's, there's uh, quite a few uh, chapters about the major crime unit. Um, mm-hmm. How how did you keep yourself safe? Because you're dealing with the major crime figures in Atlantic City. Um, oh yeah. How did you how did you maintain your safety during that period? Well, we were a very a widely publicized unit because it was so unique. The way that you know the members of my unit and myself. And, and the crimes that we investigated and then the success that we had, uh, we were written up in all kinds of magazines, two nationwide magazines that have you in there concerning the, uh, the, the unit and, uh, and how all the crimes that we solved and, and things that we did back during those days. But, uh, it was just, being street, you know, from the streets, and I understood 
streets, as well as the members of my unit that I chose. They were street mm-hmm. people as well. And that was why we were so successful, I think, because we thought mm-hmm. like they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we knew just what to do when certain things happened, and that's why we were so successful. Wow. Wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, you know, I, can, I can remember some headlines, uh, you know, when I was, uh, you know, I think somewhere between 10 and 15, where, you know, you have the shootings at the Club Harlem or the Wonder Garden. And what oh, yeah, I remember that one well. Uh, that's, that's, that's what uh, really uh, did the uh, Club Harlem in that, that, uh, that shooting that they had there. It was going down at that time anyway. It wasn't that, you know, it has sort of lost its fame. Yeah, yeah. And it was going down because it was near the, um, you know, it was just bad times during that time. It was during the times that the uh, Atlantic City itself was, was right. in a bad way. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, I remember one. that because, Mm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I would say that's one of the reasons why the crime was formed during that time. We were, it sort of helped clean the city up because there was a, a, the casino, uh, the casino thing was coming up and, uh, and they wanted the city to be clean, uh, you know, no crime and all that kind of stuff. That's one of the reasons why they used that, on my unit to help do that. Right, right. Right, 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 and and so when when you look at your your life, um, what can you share with us? One of the challenges that you faced that you thought was significant, and how you overcame that challenge. You know, it's, it's, it's funny thing. I, I uh, just being. Being, being being choosing yourself and, and to your fellow man, you know, mm-hmm. wanting help and to do whatever you can to help others. Uh, it's always been my goal, and you know, being involved in the church as I am now, you know, that's always has been my goal. Oh yeah, to do all oh, yeah. that you doing to you. Mm-hmm. 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 And your your mom and dad, very special people. The work ethic they of were. your mother and, and, and father, um, as you said, you know, your, your your father was always any time that he had, he was always working to to provide for always your, your family. Yes, yes. They weren't very and, they weren't very well educated people. Neither my mom or my father. You know, they came mm-hmm. up down from South Carolina here and back to the. Mm-hmm. Early 30s, and uh, but they worked hard and they were church folk, and you know, early on, my father and my uncles and the family, uh, they would my men would go on a drinking spree every once in a while, but uh, my father eventually turned himself around and became involved in the church, and uh, he and my mom raised all of us into the church every day, mm-hmm. every Sunday. It was all day long in the church. And uh, right. that's where I was brought up. And, it's, it, and it, she instilled that in us, and uh, and it never left me. 
Very, you know, and I enjoyed the story about the pastor would show up for dinner every Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> every Sunday, every Sunday, and I think that's why he made her mother the church because he he thought that that would sort of you know sort of influence uh, her. My father. Uh huh. Go ahead. <laughs> Does it reinforce his reservation for dinner? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. My daddy didn't like it at well, but, you know, he was a very quiet man, didn't say much, didn't do much, and uh, just went along with the program. But uh, well, that's just the way it was back during those days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we're about to close off, or, or believe it or not, um, you know, we we're almost through the end of our time for our interview, but... Um, what what message would you like for uh, the public at large to come away with uh, from your book, Homeboy? Well, to to uh, do what you know, just to be whatever you want to be, and you can do it, and to. Uh, Just treat your fellow man right. That's all I can tell you. Especially in today's times, with all that's going on uh, with the political climate in, in, in our in our in our country, it's uh, um, to reach out to your fellow man and, and treat your fellow man with with respect is with will respect. go a long way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, ladies, Mr. Nelson, I, I really want to thank you. Um, for the time today, and I look forward to um, seeing your next book. And I uh, want to wish you all the best, and uh, give give Wayne my best regards. I, I hold him high in high esteem, as I hold you in high esteem. As uh, the Nelson family has had a huge impact um, on my life, and my City. family, yeah. and and Atlantic City. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Daryl, thank you very much. I must say me well. Oh, you're very welcome, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our show for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Uh, again, I want to thank our guest, Mr. Wayne, I mean, excuse me, Mr. George Nelson, the author of Homeboy, for his interview today. Uh, this is Darrell Gunter for Leadership. Uh, have a great weekend, and remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great day. <laughs>